Welcome to the 202nd episode of the Young Turks podcast. This is your host, Mason Viner, joined by Jack Rothenberg today for a quick update episode. Jack, got a couple of hot topics to get to, but let's start with the game last night. Michigan State 65, the Terps 63, Maryland now 11 and 11 on the season and three and eight in Big Ten play. Jack, what was your take on an entertaining night at Xfinity Center? Yeah, I, I was there. It was definitely a good game and a great showing from the Terps. I thought one thing that they did well versus the game against Indiana was Maryland struggled to shoot from three, but they were still able to find baskets. Eric Ayala had 15 points. He did a great job of getting to the basket as well as Dante Scott. He had 14 points. And I think that this is something to build on, even though they didn't come out with the win. I think it was a good defensive effort and it allowed them to stay in the game until late. So I'm excited to see what they're able to do moving forward and see how they respond after this close game. Yeah, it was definitely disappointing to see Maryland lose another close one to Michigan State. But overall, like you said, a solid performance. There were some moments that were better than others throughout the game. Maryland up and down per usual for this year's team throughout it. When you look at the team, you know, they've kind of cut the rotation down as far as they can. What do you think they can do better that will give them some good results the rest of the way. Right. I think it's sort of what they did the, uh, the other night against Michigan state. And it's the effort that they showed on defense. I thought Xavier green played a big part in showing energy off the bench. And I think he really got the crowd in the game and especially he got the team going and the energy flowing. So I think, as you said, the, the rotation has been cut quite short, but I think that the players that do come off the bench and the players that even starting, everyone's got to show a lot of energy and show, engagement in what's going on and hopefully that will translate to a great performance on the court yeah for me and and this has been talked about I feel as the season's gone on Eric Aiello's just got to make one or two more three-pointers for this team to be successful one of seven from three last night you know four of 15 overall shooting six of seven from the line just needed one or two more baskets literally in the score but throughout the game especially when Maryland was down 10 8 you know, in that range, Ayala was taking some threes and they didn't go in. There were just some bad shots, and he, he's the guy that has the ball in the shot clock now. I think that's almost clear. It's him or Fats. But th- they got to cut down either on the amount of bad shots that Ayala is taking or do some things to get him involved early on in the game, getting to the basket that then seems to convert for three-point shooting for him. What did you make of Maryland down low? At times, I felt like they were really good. At times, it felt like, you know, Reese and Wahab are still struggling. Yeah, the last couple of games I've thought that Reese has really struggled, and I'm not sure exactly as to why. I think that maybe he just needs to get a little more aggressive and get his shot and not allow the defense to force him into a shot that he's not comfortable with taking. So that's where you've seen Wahab get a bunch of the minutes. And and really, as you said, he's he's at times looked better, but at times he's turning over the ball, traveling, things that you don't normally want to see out of a big man. But Something that was interesting that I saw last night against Michigan State is that Danny Manning went with a, a small lineup for, I don't want to say a majority of the game, but definitely down the stretch in important minutes. He didn't have Wahab or Reese in there. He went with Russell, Ayala, Hart, Scott, and Green off the bench. So Xavier Green, as I said, he brought that energy off the bench, so he earned himself minutes. And I think you might see that moving forward a little bit more with that small lineup if the opposing team allows for that lineup to happen with no big man on the court. Yeah, I think Maryland and Danny Manning, and I would say credit to him in this situation, looked at the opponent they were playing in Michigan State, looked at where uh, 
Michigan State strong. And, and while Hauser is a player that's played a long time for the Spartans, he's not necessarily the strongest part of it. It's a really deep rotation. Michigan State plays a lot of guys uh, in their rotation. I think that evaluate, evaluation of your opponent and figuring out, okay, if we get Q out there for 18 minutes and then Reese for 17, we got a better shot. We don't really have the opportunity to play both of them just because I think Danny Manning realizes Maryland's just not smooth as a team this year, there, there's some friction. They're just not all the way there together where they want to be at this point. And I'm starting to believe they're not really going to get there. I think they need to take one of these games either against Indiana or Michigan state, if they want to make a push at, at some point in the season, trying to work their way up the standings. I really don't see it happening. Guys like uh, Hakeem Hart that we said was the X factor at the beginning of the season. We haven't really seen many great games from him. Just, it's just not all there. Yeah, I agree. And I think I was talking to Wayne about this at the game against Indiana. I think Maryland assembled this team with a bunch of guys that had been here last year, but they tried to get a bunch from the transfer portal and see how that, that would how that would mix. And it really hasn't gone too well for them so far. And I think that's what you've seen Texas Tech sort of do is they brought in a bunch of these transfers and it, it's worked out very well for them. But especially with Mark Turgeon now gone, I think this Maryland team's trying to put the pieces back together, but with a bunch of people that haven't played together all that often. It's it's kind of hard for them to do that, and you're seeing the results play out. Yeah, Jack, any other points for the Terps going forward for Maryland uh, at the 11-11 mark? They take a tough road trip to Ohio State, and then they'll be back home against Iowa next Thursday, uh, February 10th. Where, where do you see things going for Maryland for now? Yeah, an interesting stat was pointed out to me the other night. Maryland's one of six teams in the Big Ten with six one or two quadrant one wins. So I think what Maryland's got to look to do is you said you don't think they can bounce back, and I'm with you there. But Maryland's just got to keep stacking wins as many as they can. As you said, they have Ohio State coming up uh, this weekend, and then Iowa at home. If they can grab one of those and build off of some confidence that they've kind of gained, I think that maybe, just maybe, they can go somewhere. But it, it's all got to start with a win somewhere. Yes, it does. And we'll take a quick break here and then we'll be back to talk about a couple changes made on the football staff and, and the departure and arrival of Kevin Steele, the Terps' uh, former defensive coordinator now. Get the number one business phone system as ranked by U.S. News and World Report. Nextiva by Viner Forgates. Saves you money while delivering higher ROI, getting you the best product for your business. Communicate better today at home or from the office with Nextiva by Viner Forgates. Visit us at vinerforgates.com slash VOIP or call 877-797-8776. Back here on the Young Terps podcast, Mason Viner and Jack Rothenberg. couple changes and a really, really odd situation on the football staff. Jack, we'll start off with the changes made internally. The first one, I'm a huge fan of this. Mike Miller, uh, Terps tight ends coach. And passing game coordinator has now received a promotion to be the tight ends coach and co-offensive coordinator for Maryland. Miller recently receiving multiple accolades in the top, you know, 30 under 30, 35 under 35 coaching polls. He's a really, really bright star coming up through the program. So really solid move for the Terps there. He's also a big uh, recruiter on the staff. He cut his teeth with Loxley at Alabama. He's been on Maryland staff ever since Mike got here. Jack, second one on the offensive side, Gunter Brewer, a long and well-known wide receivers coach joins Maryland staff after Zon Burden moved on to be co-offensive coordinator at Duke. Jack, so, you know, one promotion from within, one outside hire from a reputable program. 
do you think we'll get to the defensive coordinator side in a second? Do you think these are more along the lines of the hires that Merrill needs to make to uh, get where they want to be in the Big Ten? Yeah, I think so, because as Locks, he's always preached the best is yet ahead. And I think bringing up from within is always a good option because it's what the players know. The players know these guys that have been here and that's what's going to make them want to stay versus trying to leave and go elsewhere. So I think preaching what you have is, is a good option. And I think showing that these guys want to stay and, and be here as coaches can get recruits here also. Yeah, I agree with you there. You have guys and, and Maryland's starting to lack a little bit in this and as the coaching landscape continues to switch to now seems like faster and faster uh, changes. Guys just want to climb the ladder as fast as possible. There's not a lot of loyalty left in it. I think Coach Miller has been really, really loyal to this Maryland program. He's continued to increase his ability as a coach. I've never heard a player say that they didn't like him. Uh, I've had multiple conversations with him in person. I think he's a really, really bright and upcoming coach. And this is how you keep your guys on the staff. You know, you have to continue to promote with, from within until they get really, really good opportunities. And I think it, the situation could have possibly presented itself. And I don't have inside info on this exact fact that, you know, Zon Burden came to locks and said, hey, I got this opportunity to go be, you know, an offensive coordinator level guy at Duke. And Miller probably said he, you know, had some of the same conversations with other schools. And you can only have so many co-offensive coordinators and co-defensive coordinators Philosophy made that choice. I think he made the right one with the guy that's got tenure. Again, don't know that, but that is a situation that's really real when Maryland, who under Loxley has gone for young rising stars, face. People want them as recruiters and as coaches, and Maryland's got to figure out a way to make that work uh, without necessarily paying more because the budget is tight. On the Brewer side, for me, this is really, in a lot of ways, I think similar to the Joker Phillips situation. Guy who's had his run at you know, a couple different places had really, really good all American wide receivers around him has been in the, you know, high power five and the lower part of the power five. And seemingly has found success as a recruiter and really well-known and well-respected coach. And, and I think this is right along the lines of what Maryland needs to do. He's coming into an absolutely fantastic wide receiver room and he's going to need to make the most of it. So a guy who I think will be put up to the test, I would love to see some consistency from Maryland at the wide receivers coaching position and really at all these coaching positions. But, you know, changes are coming very, very rapidly in this landscape. And, and, you know, it's just continuing, I think, to get more and more on the defensive side of the ball, more interesting situation, Jack, but we'll start it off with Brawley Evans, uh, the inside linebackers coach and longtime recruiter and former uh, multiple high school top tier coach has decided Maryland decided they will not renew his contract, but that kind of went right along with, Kevin Steele, Maryland's defensive coordinator for, I think, officially zero days, but unofficially for a few, uh, comes into Maryland and then heads out to Miami. Jack, what's your take on an odd 48 or weekend into yesterday, I guess, where Maryland thought they had themselves a top tier defensive coordinator? Right. I, we were talking off air. This is one of the most bizarre situations I've ever seen unfold in any sport possible, which was it. Kevin Steele accepted the job in Maryland and then last second, I guess, changed his mind now is going to Miami to be their defensive coordinator. Just a very weird situation. And Maryland thought they got a big splash of defensive coordinator, but now they'll have to search elsewhere. And I think it, it's just a wild situation. I, I, I just doesn't make total sense to me. No, and it just seems to be more of the same. We see it with transfers and now we see it with coaches. And, you know, something I would point out here is it looks like Brawley Evans and Brian Stewart are gone at this point. 
Stu continued to look for another job. He seems to always land on his feet somewhere. We'll see where that happens. So, you know, it seems like Maryland really was bought in on this Kevin Steele idea, and then things have changed since. It's just, you know, the whole thing looked a little bit odd. First off, and this has been brought up in a couple places, but I'll go ahead and go over in the show. The national media broke the story of him heading to Maryland. And immediately, for some reason, that puts up some red flags that, you know, since it wasn't a done deal that maybe he was trying to float out there that he has other opportunities. So if anybody wanted to possibly offer him a better job, uh, that could happen. Now, again, completely plausible in the world of college athletics, not saying that it did happen, just throwing it out there. And then, you know, you get a guy in, you start looking at his resume, Alabama, Auburn, Clemson's on there. Tennessee was on there for a brief period of time. All Southern schools south of Maryland. And I think Miami came in just with one. Definitely Miami has more financial resources than the University of Maryland at this time. And two, you're talking about a guy that likes big name college football programs. And Miami, while they haven't been great as of recent, uh, is that. So I think Maryland just lost kind of across the board and, and it is a loss for the program considering that he was already hosting recruits and talking to people around the program about what he wanted, to, what his vision was. A lot of people in the Maryland fan community, including myself, really liked his scheme. It's an attacking 4-3. Hopefully Maryland will be able to find someone else that fits into that or again, promote from within. Uh, Brian Williams might be able to do something, but Jack, not a good look for Maryland football. Definitely, definitely not. But hopefully they'll they'll bounce back real quick and and find find just a better guy or as good of a person to lead this defense. Yeah, I think that that is one thing that they will try and do. Um, word on the street is they're going to look to do that pretty quickly here. Luckily enough for Maryland, uh, last note on this, it is a recruiting dead period. Uh, it's just started up here. So Terps have a minute to kind of piece together their staff, but definitely looking to make those hires within – I would say the next month, hopefully three weeks or so, uh, Maryland will have themselves a new defensive coordinator or figure out what they need to do within. Jack, any other points on the Maryland football? It's also signing day today, but not too much action from the Terps as of yet, and we're recording at 317. Yeah, as you said, not much other Maryland news to go over, but this Maryland basketball team, I think that of fans have shown a lot of disinterest in going to the games or following a lot, but I think that if they can really, really put some games together, I think that they'll get the fans back in. I think that would really be what's best for Maryland's a school right now. I know Maryland football is really buzzing around with all this, this Kevin Steele news and all the, the recruits that they've recently gotten, but I think Maryland basketball needs to be the focus for the school right now. But, but I'm excited to see what Maryland football is able to do down this, this stretch in the dead period. Yeah, you said what I think many are thinking right about now, which is I cannot believe that more Maryland fan interest is in Maryland football than Maryland basketball in the middle of Big Ten season. Right. You know, it's gotten to the point, and, you know, Jack, you're more involved in the campus community than I am, but it's almost like this basketball season never really started. Like, it was just so much heat with the Turgeon thing and and them not being – uh, putting the best product out on the court, not really having that much fan engagement, that it really feels like this is just not even a normal Maryland basketball season, which it's not. Right, I totally agree. But we will see if the, you know the fans can get back in the building and Maryland can pick something up over the next couple of weeks. For Mason Viner and Jack Rothenberg, as always, thanks for listening to the Young Turps podcast.